This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Uh, Welcome to Hopeland Online. It's so good to be here with you today. We're actually in our home studio today, or rather, it's actually my uh, wife and I's bedroom, and uh, but this is our studio too. <laughs> so here we are. Um, so stoked to be here and, and ministering the word of God to you, um, doing the best we can to deliver the word of God to you from our home in this season. So we are concluding our series, The Power of God, all right? And so today we're going to talk about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm just going to teach you on what the scriptures talk about um, and what the scripture breaks down as far as the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and how much this really has to do with the power of God in and through our lives. And so let me just pray for the word and and then then we're going to turn our Bibles to the book of Acts uh, right after I pray. So Father, right now, I just thank you for everybody joining with us today. I pray, God, that you minister to them, that you speak to them. I pray that you fill them with the Holy Spirit. I pray that they receive revelation from your word. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for changed lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, turn in your uh, Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. And, and we're going we're gonna to really just break this down, uh, just the foundation of the, the, the Spirit of God in our lives and uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I hope you enjoyed the worship. But here we go. Let's get into the Word of God. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So uh, say that when we say the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit isn't some weird energy. It's not some mystical force. It is the promise of the Father. It's not, it's, it, the Holy Spirit isn't fire. He isn't water. He is a person. He is a, the third person of the Godhead. And he, he is the promise of the Father. Okay, the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, this is Jesus talking. You've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Verse 6, therefore when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I just wanted to start with that portion of scripture because right here, it really breaks down that this is a promise of the Father. It is something that Jesus told them to go and to wait for, to tarry and wait for the the Spirit of God to come. Okay, so Jesus went to sit at the right hand of the throne of heaven. And if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. Jesus went 
to sit at the right hand of the throne of God and the Holy Spirit came. All right, so this is my first point. I know I'm just really teaching you the basics of this. I think we could spend at least a month just talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the benefits of the Holy Spirit, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to just give you a foundation here, and then we're going to talk about praying in the Holy Spirit at the end of this. Excuse me. All right, here we go. So um, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. My first point is this. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be a witness, okay? The Holy Spirit makes us, empowers us to, to be witnesses, okay? So a power gives us power to be a witness, all right? I know a lot of people say you need to go and witness and go out and witness. Like, no, but, but we're called to just, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we're called to simply be a witness. He empowers us to be a witness. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Here it is, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. So there it is. The Holy Spirit came. They were all with one accord in one place. Uh, there came a sound from heaven. I think the, 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 uh, the New American Standard Version says there came a, a, a sound of a violent, rushing, mighty wind, okay? Filled the whole house. And they, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is so powerful, right? We're talking about the power of God. We cannot talk about the power of God without talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and what happened on the day of Pentecost, okay? We cannot talk. I mean, that is where it it all comes from, right? So the church, the early church didn't do anything until after this moment. And we can't um, just uh, leave our Christian faith and our walk with God just to this practical, um, uh, natural understanding of the scriptures. but And you can see this in the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God moving, uh, people starting to speak in other tongues. This is like, you know, it's a, in, in a sense, like a phenomenon just happened. Um, everybody for, that's there for the feast of Pentecost, the feast of first weeks from all over the world, in a sense, were there and they're witnessing all this and the power of God's moving and many there were confused. And so, when we put our faith in God and we believe that he is a God of power, that his power will operate in our life, uh, we have to be willing to, to, to be misunderstood by those that don't understand when the power of God is moving. All right. So, so, so power to be a witness is my first point. And my second point is this, according to um, Acts chapter two, verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues 
as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gave them utterance, all right? And so this is my second point, is when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues is evidence. Tongues is evidence. Uh, many theologians and scholars say it is the, uh, it, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues is the, what they would call the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these people were following Jesus, but he's like, and they believed in him. These were his apostles. And he said, go and wait. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And they all got filled and they were speaking in other tongues. This is a spiritual thing. This is not some natural thing. This is not something that we can just minimize or put God in a box. Um, this is something powerful in the spirit that this, the known world around them was like, what is happening here? It was a sign and a wonder. This is how God works. This is how God worked in the book of Acts. And this is how God desires to continue to work in us, that he desires to move in our life in power. But if we want him to move in power, we have to be willing for him to do things that are outside of the confines of our natural understanding. We have to be open to the spirit of God moving in power and, and, and through the Holy Spirit, all right? So here we go. Once again, my first point is this. The Holy Spirit gives us what? the power to be a witness. Second point is this, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues is evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, once again, tongues is evidence. So check this out. Let's go to another, let's go to another portion of scripture in Acts chapter eight. So Acts chapter eight, we've been reading this uh, through this chapter like for three weeks in a row now. Uh, but here we go, Acts chapter eight, verses 14 to 17. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, apostles, they sent the apostles to them. Verse 15, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So these people were believers, right? Um, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so here we go. Um, there, the, uh, theologians and scholars call the baptism of the Holy Spirit the second work of grace. Um, that because in this scripture and another one I'm gonna share to you, it, the scripture shows that these people were following Christ. They were baptized. They were disciples. They were believers, but they were not filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, and and some, some portions of scripture, it even mentions they begin to prophesy after they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not salvation, okay? Uh, salvation, we, re we are saved by grace through faith. And these people in the book of Acts right here, it says they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the, the unique um, difference of salvation through by grace through faith in Christ and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the unique difference is according to the scripture and according to what Jesus told his disciples, or as apostles, he said, you're going to receive power. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is power, okay? Um, 
So these people were walking with Jesus, but they had not received this, this second work of grace yet. It says here, um, um, Acts chapter 8, verse um, 15, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I, last week we talked about the laying on of hands and how uh, through the laying on of hands, the power of God is transferred. Uh, the Holy Spirit, I mean, here it says, they laid hands and they received the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we, we, want, we want to walk in the power of God. We, 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 we need to be built, filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives, church. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, all right? Well, we, 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 we need it. We need it. Look, you are saved by grace through faith. But here in, in the book of Acts, it talks about, it, it explains explicitly that, that you could be a follower of Christ and lack power. Um, that, that, that this Holy Spirit power, according to the scripture, is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and you shall be, you shall receive power to be a witness, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we simply can say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. All right. So there's a difference between being baptized in water, which, which represents salvation, and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which represents or is the power of God operating in your life. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Here, let's go to another one. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. I want to teach you this uh, because we're talking about the power of God and we cannot talk about the power of God and look in the book of Acts without just reading these scriptures about the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. Acts chapter 19 verses one to six. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. All right. So who was there? Disciples. All right. Everybody say disciples. Disciples. They were disciplined learners. These were Christ followers. Okay. They found disciples. All right. We got any disciples out there, right? People that are obviously they're, they're studying the scriptures. They're following Jesus. They're praying. They're, they're seeking God. They're in community. I mean, the, they found some disciples. Okay. So, so, so they, so they come to Ephesus and here they, here are some disciples. Okay. Verse two, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Verse three, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. John's baptism represents repentance. Am I right? Represents turning to God. Uh, you, you know, we are buried with him in baptism. We shall be raised together with him in new life, right? So we, they, they were baptized. They were disciples. They were believers, okay? Verse four, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Has anybody repented out there? Has anybody turned away from their sins out there? Hallelujah. Uh, saying to the people um, that they should believe on him who, 
who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus, right? Hallelujah, believers. Verse five, here we go. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul, here we go, when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hallelujah. So these are Christ followers. These are disciples. These are people following Jesus. And they had not they had not been filled with the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they did not receive the Holy Spirit till Paul laid hands on them. They did not receive the Holy Spirit until Paul ministered to them at a, a second work of grace. I'm here to tell you right now that, that, that God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He wants to submerge you completely in the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill you to overflowing so you can be, have power to be a witness, so you can speak in other tongues, and so you can prophesy. Uh, hallelujah. This is the Holy Spirit. He is here in the earth today since he came on the day of Pentecost, and God desires to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with power. And verse six again, let's read it again. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the, now the men were about 12 in all. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Hallelujah. Okay, hallelujah. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power of God. God desires to fill you. God desires to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And, and when he fills you with the Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Uh, look, it, I'm reading the Bible. Amen. I'm reading the book of Acts here. Okay. We're going to go over to Corinthians. We're going to read another portion of scripture in the book of Acts. This is not for a certain denomination. I, I've been saying that a lot lately. I say, I think sometimes when, when we, when we read the scripture for what it says, and what, what, it, what is read here, what is um, said multiple times in different contexts. I, I think so. I, I don't know why, but, but uh, religion would desire to make us look at something like this and say, oh, that's a certain denomination or a certain like camp or a certain, uh, certain uh, uh, church that, that does that. Uh, you know, uh, the Pentecostal church only does that or uh, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or this certain denomination or whatever. Uh, no, like the Bible says that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Are there other evidences of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Are there other things that should be evident in our life that are, that are, that are important? And, and, and mean a lot to God and will cause our light to shine in the lives of other people. Yes. But here the scripture explicitly says time and time again that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. They were all filled. They were all filled in, in, in the upper room. And here when Paul laid hands on them, there was 12 of them. They all got filled. They all received the Holy Spirit. They were Christ followers, but there was some other work. There was another work of grace God wanted to do in their life. There was this subsequent power that they had not walked in. They had not walked in. They had not experienced. They had not received. They weren't less than because they didn't. They weren't second-class citizens in the kingdom because they didn't know. that. But here it was. It was presented to them, and they received it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's my next, here's my next point, church. 
prophecy is evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It says here in verse six, the spirit of God came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's for everybody. Why? Because God wants to give you power. This isn't some weird fringe group in Christianity. This is the Bible. This is the book of Acts. This is the scripture. Let's receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you say, man, I don't understand all that. I don't understand or how do I do that or this or that? Well, I'm going to tell you just simply, simply do this. Do, do this. Just, just say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Just ask him. Ask him. The Bible says, you know, that if you, um, you know, if you ask of bread, right, um, he's not going to get like your, your, if you're your, 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 your father, if you ask your father for, for bread, he's not going to give you a stone, right? So if you ask God at, for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a demon, right? So, so, uh, ask him, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost in power. Um, you know, these people think about this. They think about these folks in the book of Acts. They did not have the scripture um, in its canon yet. They had the Old Testament. They were, they didn't at this point, they didn't even have Paul's letters, at least on the day of Pentecost. Their only reference was the Old Testament, the Old Testament scriptures, the direct words of Jesus saying, go and wait, and the power of God coming, the Holy Spirit and filling them. This was a revelation. This was a move of God. This was heaven invading earth. And they were moving in God in power and in the spirit. All right. And so, so let's, let's, let's be people that, that are open to everything that God has for us. Open to everything that Jesus desires for us to have. And simply say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Ask him. And, 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 you, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, you know, you'll begin to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit of God gives you utterance, you'll begin to prophesy. Hallelujah. Let's go to our next verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28. I love this verse. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. All right. So God has appointed these in the church. All right. Are you a part of the church? Everybody say yes. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Yes. Is the church still here today? Yes. Did the church die with the apostles? No. So God has appointed these in the church, not just the early church, not just the church that was a part of the Reformation in the 1500s, not, not just for the church um, of the various great awakenings and moves of God throughout history. No, but in the church, the church is still here. All right, we're still in the church. We're still part of the body of Christ. So if he put him in the church, they're here today. If you put them in the church, they're in us today. They're in us, uh, the body of Christ, okay? So what is it? What did he put in the church? And God has appointed these, appointed these in the church, in the church. First apostles, 
He's not talking about a building, okay? He's talking about God's people. He's talking about the community of believers. He's talking about the kingdom of God in the earth today. He's talking about a uh, local church community, not the building. He didn't put these in the building. He put these in his church, his, his bride, his body, and we each are a part of that body. All right. And God has appointed these in the, in the what? The church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. These are all in the church. It's all up in the church. Helps, administrations, and here it is, varieties of tongues. Varieties of tongues, okay? So this is speaking of uh, spiritual gifts. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about, we just read in uh, multiple scriptures that through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's tongues as an evidence, prophecy as an evidence. And here it is, and in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it's just reiterating some of those gifts that are placed in the church. One of those is the diversities of tongues. All right? All right? Diversities of tongues. Okay? And sometimes I know people say this, and I can understand why they do say it, um, but they say you can't um, speak in tongues unless there's an interpretation. And yes, that is true in a certain context. But if you noticed in the verse I just read in the book of Acts, um, that they spoke in tongues and there was no interpretation, okay? In other portions of scripture, it identifies that there must be an interpretation because there is two types of tongues. Here in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says there's varieties, okay? Somebody say varieties. There's variety of tongues in the church. Now, there's two types. One is tongues, which is a message. And if it is a message to people, it must be interpreted or they won't understand it. And they'll think you're crazy. So yes, interpretation is required when it is that. Okay, but there's varieties, like I said. There is varieties, just like I said. And, and, um, and in Acts chapter 19, those people that were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus uh, and they, they received the baptism of repentance and, and salvation, it says when, when Paul laid hands on them, they spoke with tongues. There was no interpretation. So for us to say that all tongues must be interpreted means that this we don't agree with the scripture or, or Paul was out of order in, in Acts chapter 19 because it says in verse 6 of Acts 19, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. It does not say there was an interpretation. Now, I'm not an advocate for any goofy, weird activity happening at all, but uh, this right here in Acts 19 wasn't goofy or weird. It was the power of God moving, and there wasn't an interpretation. And so, what is this other type of, of, other type of tongues in, in the scripture? There's a variety here, okay? Now, I'll give you an example of, of, the, of the type that is a message, okay? Uh, so, so like, let's say we're gathering at Hopeland Church and we're in person and we're all worshiping. I'm just gonna give you an example of this, of, of things I've witnessed before where there was a tongue and then an interpretation, uh, okay? So everybody's worshiping and, it's, you know, and everybody might kind of get still or quiet and then somebody will begin to speak in other tongues. 
and nobody else is praying, right? It's just, it's it. And then somebody gives that interpretation. Well, there you go. That That's awesome. Because the Bible talks about the spiritual gift of, 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 of speaking in tongues and, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. And that, that's the, that's the that's the interpretation right there that that warrants an interpretation because if we're all gathered and just somebody spouts off in a tongue and it's not understood what's happening it could seem a little out of order unless somebody somebody on the platform or somebody leading kind of gives that but 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 when there's a tongue like that and interpretation praise god people are edified that's what the bible says when 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 the interpretation comes People are edified, just like when somebody prophesies, people are edified, all right? Um, but here we go. Um, I want to talk about the other type now, okay? That there's an, another type of tongues, which is for personal edification, okay? So once again, uh, there's tongues and interpretation. And when there's a tongue and an interpretation, it edifies the hearers, all right? So when, when somebody gives a tongue and somebody interprets, um, those that have heard it are edified, are built up, right? But then there's another tongue that is, that is not interpreted, but it is for personal edification. And some people like to call it, um, um, you know, uh, a prayer language, meaning um, that it's not to be interpreted, it's prayer. So there's tongues for prayer, and there's tongues that's a message. So we can pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, and we can give a message in tongues. If we give a message in tongues, it must be interpreted. But if we're praying in tongues, it is not required to be interpreted. So now, let's turn in our Bibles. I'm going to show you this in Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 to 5. All right, I hope you're learning something here today. I'm really teaching you here. This is really important. I believe it's worth the time to teach on this. Please look through the scriptures yourself. Look at this, read it. Um, you know, uh, the various accounts and acts in Corinthians and um, uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive it. This isn't some religious thing, some denominational thing. It's a Bible thing. It's a Bible thing. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5, says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here we go. This first portion of Scripture here is not talking about tongues for interpretation, and, it, and the Scripture explains it. Okay? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. When we are speaking to God, what are we doing? Praying. When we are speaking in tongues to God, what are we doing? Praying. Is it to man? No. Is it a message to men? No. It is a, our prayer to God. All right, so here we go. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, no one understands him. No one. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. This is why the devil doesn't want you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because he doesn't want your spirit to speak mysteries. The mysteries of the gospel. 
the mysteries of God, the mysteries of, of the word of God, the mysteries of Christ. It says here, when one speaks in tongues, he does not speak to man. He speaks to God for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. I, I believe in your heart of hearts, you desire to, to, to be in the spirit. You desire to be a spiritual man and woman of God. You desire to be uh, in the spirit, walking in the spirit, living in the spirit. The devil doesn't want you filled with the Holy Ghost because he doesn't want you praying in the spirit. He doesn't want you talking to God in a language that men don't understand. He doesn't want you speaking the very mysteries of God. Hallelujah. These are mysteries. God, God wants you to be in the spirit and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse three says this, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So he is encouraging people to pursue prophecy. Why? Because prophecy encourages others. And we in the body, that's what we're called to do, man. When we gather, when we're around each other, come on, why, do, why else do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because God wants to prophesy through us to others. God wants us to speak life over others. That when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, we can speak life over people. We can prophesy over them. That when we gather together, somebody can say, man, I really see God doing this in your life. Man, your God is doing this. Man, I see where God is taking you. I mean, just prophesy. Come on now. Prophecy is evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse four again, he who speaks in a tongue. Okay, no, no, verse three again. Sorry, verse three. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men, right? Verse four, 1 Corinthians 14, four. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Personal edification. It is not in this in this scripture, it is speaking as it happened, as it happened in Acts 19. They received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there was no interpretation. That tells us that they, this was personal edification, that they were, they were praying. They weren't giving their message in tongues. It was personal edification. When they prophesied, they were edifying others. Hallelujah. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Hallelujah. God wants you to edify yourself. Just ask God, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Bible says in my, my spirit prays. The Bible says my spirit prays. I pray in the spirit. I give my will over to the Holy Spirit and I begin to pray in other tongues and prophesy. See, verse four again, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Verse five, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's what Paul said. He said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's what Pastor Sean says to you today. I wish you all spoke with tongues. I'm just saying what 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse five says. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's my heart for you. I wish you all spoke with tongues but even more that you prophesy. Why? 
Why more prophesy? Why? Because when you get around God's people, man, start prophesying over God's people, start speaking life over other people, start sowing into other people. But the point here is, folks, we got to edify ourselves and edify others. All right. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Now, I know we're not it's not talking about they're greater people or they're they're more spiritual. Okay, I know sometimes when we read that, uh, some people are like, whoa, it's, they're greater. No, what he's saying is, is that there's this, there's there's a greater weight on edifying others than ourselves, right? Why? Why? Because the word greater is used in another scripture that parallels this. It says what? That the greatest shall serve. So prophecy is serving others, right? Prophecy is, is encouraging someone else. And, and praying in tongues is edifying myself. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. Right. So you see what I'm saying? So 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 the interpretation, when, when, when you have a tongue and an interpretation, it edifies others, like prophecy edifies others. But when you pray in tongues, speak in mysteries, you edify yourself. Those of you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to pray in tongues. Pray in tongues every day. Apostle Paul said, man, I pray in tongues more than you all. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. I encourage you to edify yourself in the spirit. Edify yourself. Build up yourself in your most holy faith. Build up yourself in in what you're called to do and who you're called to be. Hallelujah. So here it is, my next point. Tongues is for personal edification. It is a prayer language. I mean, it's not for people. The language isn't for you. No one understands you, right? No person. We speak mysteries to God. We're praying. It's a prayer language. Tongues, one type of tongues is, tongues is for personal edification. All right, my last verse here. I hope you guys are learning something here. I want to take my time once again, really teach you this, walk through it. Please DM me, talk to me, call me, text me, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you have any questions or, or whatever, um, we're available. Um, but this is, this is the power of God. I desire that. My heart is that everybody prays in, prays in tongues, that everybody's baptized in the Holy Spirit with the power to be a witness. Here we go. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. While Peter, this is when Peter went to Cornelius' house. While Peter was, this is, yeah, let me read it. Uh, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit fell. This is after the day of Pentecost. This is Acts chapter 10, folks. Holy Spirit fell. Peter's preaching, Holy Spirit fell. I'm believing that when I preach, Holy Spirit will fall. I pray that, I, I believe that when I'm preaching right now, Holy Spirit fall on you. I pray that when we're preaching the word of God in, in person, Holy Spirit falls. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the laying on of hands. But here the Holy Spirit fell and Peter didn't lay hands on him. The Holy Spirit fell because of the preaching of the word. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the gift, somebody say the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Once again, he's preaching Cornelius' house. This is what you would call a gathering. He's preaching. 
the Holy Spirit falls, they begin to speak in tongues and magnify God. Okay, this was not disorder. This was not goofy or weird. This was the power of God. And the Jews were like, whoa, the Holy Spirit has come upon the Gentiles. All right? And the power of God and poured out on the Gentiles also. And they began to speak in other tongues and magnify God. There was no interpretation. They're speaking in tongues. They're edifying themselves. In, in a gathering, they were collectively, that's what God was doing in the moment. So they were all praying to God. And they were speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water? That these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Isn't that interesting that the prior examples, we saw that they were baptized in water already and then they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. These Gentiles got filled with the Holy Spirit first and then they were like, yo, let's get y'all water baptized now. All right? It, it, it once again explains the unique difference of repentance and water baptism to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right. Can anyone forbid water? Verse 47. Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Let's open up our heart, church. Open up our heart and our spirit to everything God has for us, to everything Jesus died for us to receive. And that to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, to receive every gift he desires, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, healing, uh, uh, working of miracles, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever it has. You know, I am believing that those who have heard the word today will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I am believing that you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. So Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that those that have heard the word would be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, with the evidence of prophecy. I pray they would prophesy. I pray they would speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Fill them with your power, God. Fill them with your love, God. Anoint them in Jesus' name. Everybody out there with out there, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, save me. Deliver me. I turn to you. I repent from my sin. I confess you as Lord. I am saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I rejoice with you today. I rejoice with you today. If you want to grow in your faith, text GROW to 323-405-3232. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.